ഹമുദുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ്തുഹുസ
Sayyidun Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, I counted 20 white strands of hair on the head of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his Mubarak beard. The muhaddithin have gone to the extent of explaining where those white hair on the temple of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the middle of the head of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Be that as it may, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu says this, he makes this exclamation, he makes this statement, and then he begins to cry. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, Abu Bakr, the likes of Surah Hud has made me old. The likes of Surah Hud has made me old. What was it in Surah Hud that made Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam old, that he felt the effects of old age on him? On the one hand, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala speak about a number of Anbiya alayhimu salatu wa salam in the surah, وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ إِنِّي لَكُمْ نَذِيرٌ مُّبِينٌ Allah Ta'ala spoke about Nuh alayhi salam, his invitation, the refusal, the refutation of his people and the destruction. وَإِلَىٰ عَدِنَ خَاهُمْ هُدَىٰ Allah Ta'ala spoke about the people of Ad and Sayyidina Hud alayhi salatu wa salam, his dawah to them, their refusal and their destruction. وَإِلَىٰ ثَمُودَ أَخَاهُمْ صَالِحَىٰ Allah Ta'ala spoke about Sayyidina Salih alayhi salam who came to the people of Thamud. And again, his invitation, their refutation and their destruction. Allah Ta'ala spoke about Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُلًا Our Nabi, our angels went to Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa salam وَلَقَدْ جَاءَتْ رُسُلُنَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ بِالْبُشْرَىٰ they went with those glad tidings of giving him a son. And then Allah Ta'ala speaks about وَلَمَّا جَاءَتْ رُسُلُنَا لُوتَىٰ Allah Ta'ala spoke about how these angels went to Lut alayhi salam and turned the cities upside down. Then Allah Ta'ala spoke about Madian. وَإِلَىٰ مَدْيَنَ أَخَاهُمْ شُعَيْبًا Sayyidina Shu'ayb alayhi salam went to his people, invited them, they refused and their destruction. And then, وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا مُوسَىٰ بِآيَاتِنَا And Musa alayhi salatu was salam was sent with our signs. And the people that he was sent to Fir'aun had refuted and denied. And then, of course, the destruction of Fir'aun. What was it? There was a great commentator of the Qur'an, Abu Ali Sirri, rahmatullah alayhi, contemplated on this hadith, on this surah, and in that contemplation, he falls off to sleep. And in that sleep, Allah blessed him with the Mubarak Mubashirat of seeing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the dream. And immediately, instantaneously, he asked, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what is it in Surah Hud that had made you old? Was it the people of Noah? Was it the people of Hud? Was it the people of Salih? Who was it? Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said one ayah. فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَمَنْ تَابَ مَعَكَ وَلَا تَطْغَوْ Remain steadfast, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you and those who brought iman in you after making tawbah. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam remains steadfast. There is no question about that. But what about my ummah? Is my ummah going to remain steadfast on deen? Are they going to remain steadfast? Inna alladheena qalu rabbuna Allah Certainly those who said 
رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ أَوَ رَبِّزَ اللَّهُ That is not the end of it. The La ilaha illallah is not the end of it. ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا Thereafter is that steadfastness that we have to hold on to. Friends, we've just gone through an entire month, an entire month of reformation, entire month of sacrifice, sacrificing what was halal for us. Now the way forward. What is the way forward and how do we go about it? There were many of those companions that were around Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who showed us how they had done it. What was their recipe? What was the way that they had found to hold on to this deen of Allah ta'ala? And one example that we'll discuss is Ikrama radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the son of Abu Jahl. In the eighth year of the Hijrah, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had come to Makkah Mukarramah as a conqueror, by and large Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's announcement was, La tathriba alaykumul yawm. There is no blame upon you, there is no remorse upon you, Allah has forgiven you. Whoever entered the house of Abu Sufyan, Ummehani, whoever has entered the haram of Makkah, for each one of them is amnesty. But there were certain individuals Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had not given amnesty to. And one of those individuals was Ikrama, the son of Abu Jahl. Now what happens to Ikrama was he had known that there is no amnesty. On the one hand, his hatred for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had reached such levels that he would not want to see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's face. And on the entry of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he leaves Makkah. He, he rushes off to the coast of Jiddah. And on the other side, his wife Umm Hakim comes to Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam amongst other women and she embraces Islam. She accepts Iman and Islam at the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And she doesn't stop there. She says, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my husband Ikrama, can I secure an amnesty for him? Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, rahmatan lil alameen, he says, amnesty for Ikrama. She now moves towards the coast, towards Jiddah. Ikrama has already embarked on a vessel. And that vessel cannot move from the coast because of a storm. In Ikrama's heart, Allah Ta'ala puts that seed of hidayat and now he begins to pledge with Allah, Oh Allah, if I get over this, then I will go to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and I'm sure I will find him to be most kind, most compassionate, most noble. So Ikrama's heart is changing. His wife is in pursuit. But when she comes to the coast, she tells Ikrama, Ikrama, I have secured this amnesty. And hence, Ikrama wants to make sure he disembarks and he goes with her. On the other side, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is addressing the companions that Ikrama is going to come as a mu'min. Ikrama is going to come to me as a mu'min. Now look at Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. None of you would speak ill about his father. Immaterial of what his father had done, we don't have the time to go into it. But we know he was the one great obstacle to the cause of Islam. If anybody attempted to 
physically abused Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was Abu Jahl. No one will speak to him. No one will speak about him in the presence of Ikrama. Friends, we just digress just a slight bit. But it's important. It's an important digression. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once addressed Sayyiduna Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that young companion that served him for 10 years and he said, Ya Bunayya, in qadarta an tusbaha if ever you have the capacity, the ability to spend your morning and in your evening, in other words, day and night, whilst your heart is free of ghish, of malice for anyone, then my son do it. Allah give us the tawfiq. Allah give us the tawfiq. We live in an environment of animosity. We live in an environment of hatred, of frustration. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَذَلِكَ min sunnati." My beloved son, that is my sunnah. The sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he shows clear that whatever Ikrama had done, whatever his father had done, is all forgiven, it's all gone. And whoever revives my sunnah, loves me, and whoever loves me will be with me in charge. If that is our aspiration, friends, the solution is very easy. Remove that animosity, that malice, especially for another believer. And Allah Ta'ala will take us leaps and bounds towards Allah Ta'ala. Nonetheless, Ikrama comes to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he asks Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what is your invitation? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, my invitation is that you bring iman. You testify that there is one Allah and I am the Nabi of Allah. Secondly, salah. Third, zakah. Allah's Nabi stops there. Ikrama accepts Islam. Now the important aspect of Ikrama accepting Islam. He now addresses Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he says to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I make you and all those around you a witness that the amount of energy, time, resource I had spent against Islam, I will double all of that for the cause of Allah. Number two, the amount of wealth that I spent in stopping people from the deen of Allah, I will double that. And number three, wherever I had gone, stopping people from Islam, I will go to those places and I will invite them towards Allah. This is it. He makes a pledge. He makes a pledge to Allah. He makes a pledge to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He makes Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Sahaba a witness to the pledge. There is that determination in the heart of Ikrama, and that is that determination that needs to come to us these few days after the month of Ramadan. A month in which each ummati would have done the ummat proud. Sometimes we also could not fathom how much of Quran Sharif we had listened to. How we stood in the taraweeh, how we fasted. That was that capacity that Allah had showed us. It was not an extended capacity. It is the capacity that we have. But it is a capacity that now we need to go forward with. But the important aspect is we need to do what Ikrama had done. And that is make the pledge to Allah, cry unto Allah, beseech from Allah and Allah will grant. We come back to this a little later. What happens to Ikrama? He continued thereafter in the path of Allah Ta'ala with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then came the Khilafat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. 
he remained steadfast on deen to this pledge of Rasulullah that he made to Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he remained in the path of Allah until he was martyred in the battlefield. It is recorded about Ikrama that when he would hold the Mus'haf, the Quran in his hand, he will shake, he will cry, he will tear. And as he opens the Quran, he will say, Hada kalamu Rabbi, this is the kalam of my Rabb and he will fall unconscious. That was that same Ikrama that had made the pledge from being an absolute enemy of Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam now an ardent follower of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam but what was it and what we need to do we need to cry in front of Allah make that pledge to Allah seek from Allah those tears that come down rolling down our eyes are so valuable in the eyes of Allah ta'ala that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had stated that every deed we carry out will be p- placed on the pan, on the scales on the day of Qiyamah, except the tear that rolled out because of the fear of Allah. Then he qualified that statement and he said, one tear that is shed because of the fear of Allah is sufficient to extinguish the fire of Jahannam. That is the power that Allah has given you and I. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam made a dua اللهم ارزقني عينين حطالتين تسقيان القلب من خشيتك Allah grant me those two eyes that will have the tears rolling profusely because of your khashiyat, your awe, your fear and that will be sufficient to irrigate the heart to water the heart to melt that heart so that that heart will turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once our mother Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha She asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Is there anyone in your ummah That will enter Jannah bi ghayri hisab Is there anyone in your ummah That will enter Jannah without any hisab and kitab In other words Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will grant him Jannah Without questioning without even asking about a single deed. The condition of my deed, I'll speak for myself, that the best of our deeds, the best of my deeds, is still not worthy of the greatness of Allah. We can read two rakats of salah in the haram of Makkah. We can read it in the hatim. We can read it in the Kaaba, in the Baytullah. Friends, where is that two rakats in comparison to a two rakats of the Sahaba? So our good deeds are such Allah will grant Jannah without Isab and Kitab to the person that cries because of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Shu'ayb alayhi salatu was salam was a Nabi of Allah ta'ala and he once cried so profusely. Allah ta'ala sent Jibreel alayhi salatu was salam down to inquire why, what is the reason of your crying? He replied, Jibreel asked him, is it because your desire for Jannah, Allah promises you Jannah. He said, no, it is not because of Jannah. Then are you crying because of your fear for Jahannam? Allah has promised safety from Jahannam. He said, no. Then why are you crying? He replied, because of the love of Allah. So Allah Ta'ala revealed to him that this is one pain. This is one pain. The anti-inflammatory of this pain is nothing else but crying. Friends, this is this time that we need to take out, cry in front of Allah, 
seek from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we want to become obedient to Allah. Sayyidina Kaab radiallahu ta'ala used to say that person that fasted in the month of Ramadan. And after he had fasted, he intends, just intends to do good, that person will get jannat. Just the intention of doing good. Wahshi ibn Harb was also a person that became a sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We would recall he was the person that martyred Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And after, his mart- after he martyred Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Wahshi left Makkah to go to Taif because he felt that Makkah is going to come under Islamic rule. But then there was something that was worrying him. He had an inner conscious. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam sends a message to Wahshi. Isn't it the time now that you accept and embrace Islam? Nonetheless, Wahshi comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It's a long incident. He comes to Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Wahshi Iman and Islam at the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. After embracing Islam, he comes with a mission. He comes with an intention that, Oh Allah, like how I had martyred the beloved of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Sayyidu shuhada the greatest of all the shuhada, Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu, understand he was not only the uncle of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There was a very small age gap between the two. Both of them were childhood companions. They had been suckling brothers, milk brothers from the same woman, Thuwaiba. There was a very great relationship between the two. So this was the beloved of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I've martyred him. Oh Allah, make it possible for me, like I martyred the beloved of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I'm able to avenge against the greatest enemy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So it happens in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Musaylama al-Kadhab, an imposter. In the life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he claimed nubuwat. He claimed prophethood. And he writes a letter to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And in that letter, he says to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that let us share the prophethood. Normally we want to share in the prophets. Here he want to share in the prophethood. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not pay any attention to him. But after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Musaylama went on a campaign. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu had to ward, stem that battle against him to make sure that Muslims do not turn away from the deen of Allah ta'ala. And the result of it was, Wahshi was in that army. He had the same spear with which he martyred Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu in his hand. He found that opportunity, that heart, that heart, that intention. Ya Allah, like how I martyred the beloved of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, give me the opportunity to kill the deadliest enemy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah fulfilled it. Historians say that whilst Musaylama was being attacked, it was the spear of Wahshi that killed Musaylama Kadhab. Friends, we have that Allah. For us, it is intention. Whatever we intend, and it is now that we need to intend. Because Allah ta'ala, turning towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at least we should start off with the likes of our salat, our namaz. 
We may not be able to keep that momentum of Ramadan. There won't be any taraweeh. But at least we can fulfill the five times fard. At least we take stock of the number of salat we had missed in our lives. And we try to make good that for each one of those salat, we make qada of them. We go to the ulama, they'll explain how we do it. At least we make an attempt for us that are unable to read Qur'an on a daily basis or have not read Qur'an on a daily basis. At least we open the Qur'an and from this Ramadan, from Shawwal, right up to Shaban, we try even khatam of the Qur'an. It's not difficult, it's just about two, and a, two pages and a bit. That if we read, Allah will give us that tawfiq. Inna min jaza'il hasanati al-hasanatu ba'daha. There is an Arabic saying that the jaza, the recompense of a good deed, Allah will reward us with a good deed thereafter. So friends, it is about us. We need to make the intention. And inshallah, if we make this intention, cry to Allah Ta'ala, inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it a reality. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyil kareem wa alihi wa ashabi ajma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbil